Yes, yes. I am back with another one. I know I'm back a little bit quick. You know what I'm saying? Shit. I guess this was hmm, exactly 24 hours in between and all that. But we gonna um we gonna cook on that, man. We gonna cook. We're going to cook on some New Music Fridays. Once again, part 1,025. <laughs> it's not that much that happened. We just got some, uh, we just got a couple of albums that dropped that I listened to. But before we get to that, 
we got NBA talk. The GM of the Trailblazers was fired. Man, that nigga wasn't shit anyway. But Portland GM got fired because of some sexual assault. And or um, sexual uh, misconduct, I should say. And I guess, allegedly, it was became a toxic workplace. Employees described a toxic, hostile work environment where staff members have been subjected to intimidation and profanity-laced tirades, among other bullying tactics. So this white motherfucker was like the white Joe Clark. But here's my thing. What has this nigga done in Portland? What has this nigga done to help Dame and CJ? Nothing. They haven't bought in a third superstar. You know, this this game is built on a lot of big threes. You know, a lot of big twos now because I told y'all, the basketball gods are watching, but we will get to that very shortly. You know, a former uh, NBA player that worked for the Blazers said that the niggas just dropped countless F-bombs on them for fucking up. I mean, sometimes you need somebody like that. You know what I'm saying? You need to regulate. It's called order, but maybe the nigga might have went too far. You never know. But honestly, I think the GM deserved to be fired for not putting that team where they were supposed to be. That's my issue with the Blazers. Like, that motherfucker should have been fired. But I'm glad that they got a new GM. Maybe, just maybe, they can help Dame and CJ and bring some fucking talent around them because the current team they got around them is not going to get them anywhere. Moving on, the Golden State Warriors got their revenge on the Phoenix Suns and in their 16-17 game win streak. I think it was 17. Let me clarify that because I know a lot of y'all like to correct the motherfucker. It was 18 games. Okay. So Golden State got their revenge tonight. 96 to 118. And man, the first quarter had great defense between both teams, but Golden State took control, played their game, and Steph was Steph tonight. Despite DeAndre Ayton scoring 23 points, Golden State just was better at rebounding. 
And look, guess who showed up? Andrew Wiggins actually showed up tonight, had 19 points. Steph Curry had light 23. But the story of the night wasn't even the starters. It was the bench. You know, Belitsica had eight points. Juan Toscano Anderson, my nigga. That nigga was snapping. And this nigga had the body of the night. Well, it was one of the two bodies of the night because John Collins had a mean-ass dunk over Georges Niang, but Toscano dunked over JaVale McGee something vicious. And he provided quality minutes and scored 17 points. From what I hear... From what I've seen, Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga have been, you know, regulated to the G League. Not because they're playing horrible, but Golden State is such a deep-ass team, and they had players that unexpectedly shined. And Toscano Anderson made the most of his opportunity and was very patient. And then Damian Lee returned to the lineup. And look no further. Clay Thompson is on the way. Clay is on the way. I think a date was announced for his return. Let me just make sure. Let me see when that motherfucker returned. Okay, so it still may be a few more weeks. Clay Thompson says he's hoping to be back within a month. So, okay, I gotta, uh, Okay, so he is trending towards all-star break. Like, you know, he's on track. Another story of the night, Gary Payton Jr. This motherfucker is developing into a great all-around player. He's That shot has gotten better. His defense is always on point. That shit's running through his blood, but... He didn't get his athleticism from his father. That's his own special power. He was 3 of 5 from 3, 7 of 9 from the field. Juan Toscano was 7 of 8. So the story of the night really was Golden State's bench. Meanwhile, Chris Paul was not able to get off tonight because Gary Payton Jr. played stellar defense and now, you know, They were without star player Devin Booker. If he would have played, it would have been a different... It would have been a different story, but I think Golden State still would have won this game. I truly believe that... um, Golden State and Phoenix are going to split. And I think they're going to win all of their home games. That's my thoughts on that. But yes, 118.96, the revenge game. Um, I did miss uh, early part of the third, but that's okay. 
Let me see if there's anything else interesting in the NBA. Nothing else, really. I mean, everybody that played certain opponents. I mean, my Pelicans, man. Jesus Christ. 7-18, and 18, but they beat the Mavericks 107-91. I tell you this all the time, bro. The Pelicans beat teams that they're really not supposed to beat. Donovan Mitchell had a classic night. Jason Tatum, though. My goodness. 37 points. It looks like he's back in his bag. Where the fuck is uh, Jalen Brown ass at? Is he alright? Doesn't show um, why he's out for some reason. Could be resting on back-to-backs. You never know. But 21 points for Big Al... And Dennis Schroeder had 26 points and hit. And I think this is his first start of the season. Quality minutes, though. Quality minutes. But it wasn't enough for Utah. I mean, Donovan Mitchell had 34 points. Mike Conley had 29 points. Rudy Gobert had 18 points and 12 rebounds. I seen those highlights, man. It was very fucking interesting, I shall say. You know, I'm not going to uh, do every fucking team. I'm not going to do every team breakdown tonight. It was too many fucking games. But one more breakdown I shall do. And you know what? You know, y'all know where I'm going with this. Ha <laughs> ha, the Los Angeles Fakers lose against their in- inner city rival, the Los Angeles Clippers. In a very tight game, but the last minute and a half of that game, I just got through watching that, and I was doing nothing but cackling and laughing. Like, the clip, the Lakers had them. They were making their comeback, and all of a sudden, Luke Kennard hit two straight threes, and then Marcus Morris off the glass hit A major three-point shot. Crazy. Paul George didn't even have a great game tonight. It was the parts around him. Like Marcus Morris had 21 points. Reggie Jackson had 16. Hartenstein had 11 off the bench. Luke Kennard had 19 off the bench. It was fucking huge for these guys. LeBron James had... The quickest COVID of all time. He's the first nigga to have a two-day COVID. (laughs) Soldier boy voice. Because as I said on, I think I said this on a previous show that LeBron James was supposed to miss 10 days. But the man went through COVID protocol once again and got three negative tests. So he was cleared to return. Either LeBron's immune system is made of steel or the COVID test was false or the league cheated to get him back. I'm probably going to go with all the above. (laughs) I will go with all the above. But in his return, he didn't fare too well. Nine of 23, two of eight from three. Huh, LeBron, who told you to shoot that many three-pointers? Yes, you are good for making three-pointers. You can hit the motherfucker. But to shoot 
more than five a game? That's not a good idea. Still had 23 points, 11 rebounds, and six assists. Anthony Davis did his usual. He did his best to keep his team in the game. He actually showed up tonight and played with some balls. He had 27 points and 10 rebounds. Malik Monk had 20 points off the bench. Melo had 13 points off the bench. So where does this Lakers team go wrong? Well, they went wrong in closing out the game. That's where they fucked up and let the Clippers sneak and win this game. Now the Lakers are at 500 at 12 and 12. Honestly, (laughs) I hate to say it. Either they must trade the parts around Westbrook, AD, or LeBron, or they must seek the trade offers for all three. Because this shit is too inconsistent. I smell a first round out. Now let's get to this new music, man. Let's get to this main event. I know I've been holding y'all hostage with this NBA talk. But it's very important. All right, man. Khalid released a new project called Scenic Drive. Let's look and see if this is actually an EP before I move on. Because Khalid is always good for releasing an EP and then an album. This dude, I I seen. Okay, so this is a, a EP. All right. His second EP, uh, Scenic Drive. I'm going to be honest with y'all. This is fucking fire. Khalid is an artist that grew on me because I wasn't really convinced. I thought that location was going to be like a... I thought Khalid was going to be a one-hit wonder. Not going to lie to y'all. But he bounced back after that song. That project wasn't too bad. And the, his follow-up is a classic. That second album he put out, I forgot the name of it, but... That motherfucker's a classic, for sure. And Scenic Drive proves to be on that same level as that second album because I enjoyed it. I'm not going to lie. He had an intro with Alicia Keys doing background. Um, This project reminds me of a 2000s R&B album. Or some of it is up-tempo. Some of, some of it you could dance to. Do little dance moves or whatever too. But, um... I, I fuck with Present, man. That shit was dope. Retrograde was kind of a disappointment. But I, de- I don't hate the song. But if you have Six Black and fucking Lucky Day on there, I expected a little bit more from that record. Brand new, Fire. All I feel is rain, fire, voicemail, fire, open, fire. The single scenic drive in the title track, fire. I don't think there was any misses on this project. You can play this motherfucker straight through. Pretty good, man. Pretty good project. I enjoyed it. Now, my biggest disappointment of the night. I mean, it was only two albums that really came out today. The disappointment comes into the form of two rappers who joined up together a rapper and a producer from two legendary rap groups 
linked up together to drop a uh, an EP called Wreckage Manor. And I could say that I was a little bit disappointed. It just wasn't entertaining enough for me. You know, some of the bars were there. I feel like, um, I feel like Styles P kind of relaxed on here. He didn't go as hard as I've seen him go. He didn't bar up like I've seen him before. Like, Styles P released an album earlier this year called Ghosted. That project is fire compared to this. Like, Ghosted was pretty damn good. This project was... uh, I, I wasn't feeling it. Now, however, there are bright spots. I mean, Havoc was low key keeping up with Styles and even outclassing Styles throughout this project. Not only with his production, but with his lyrics and his punchlines. Now, don't get me wrong. I feel like, you know, this is their first, this is their first project. So I can completely understand maybe with a second crack at it, maybe they could do what they were trying to do with this project because I just wasn't really impressed. However, there are decent moments on here. Like, um, Pay Me in Cash. That's my favorite record on here. Definitely has that gritty, grimy, 90s vibe. Um, Good as Gold, Him to Him, Dope, Nightmares to Dreams was good. And then there's another problem that I had with this project. The hooks were fucking garbage. Like, Havoc, you know, was decent with the hooks. The Styles P hooks on there were trash. Didn't like none of the fucking hooks at all. You know, the rhymes were there on this project. Could have been a little bit more better between these two because you expect you expect high expectations from two legends. So when they slack, you got to get up on them, man. You got to make sure that pause but um you gotta let them you gotta let the legends know when they're fucking up that way they come correct on the second delivery and just the hooks were just atrocious on some of these songs i was just like oh you know wreckage manor could have been a whole lot better that's just me It was something else that I wanted to report on in hip-hop. Oh, yeah, we got next week we got Rick Ross dropping Richer Than I Ever Been, Phi Gamma Ross, dressing like a goddamn, uh, what are them chicks called? Dressing like a Kappa, I guess. You know, maybe you can correct me. Um... Tory Lanez is also dropping a new project called Alone at Prom. I'm interested to see what he what this nigga got. Then Roddy Rich, that's what I wanted to talk about. Roddy Rich was dropping is dropping a new project called Live Life Fast. This this is going to be the second album. 
You know, Roddy Rich's first album was met with a lot of critical acclaim. You know, me personally, I thought it was a decent project, nothing more. You know, Roddy Rich is a guy from Compton that is rapping with this southern auto-tuny, singy-songy style. And he was one of the, um, you know, he was by far, I think, the rookie of the year one year, I believe. Dude had a big year. He went platinum. One of his songs went like seven, eight platinum. I think that motherfucker should be diamond by the end of this year, for sure. The box. Well, my question is, can he step it up even higher? Or is this going to be a sophomore slump? And weak compared to his predecessor. I think Roddy Rich is going to do a lot better on this go-round. Because I think that first project was good, but... It was kind of like you could tell that this was this that was this man's first project that he ever released. But I don't think he'll disappoint though. But anyway, that is my show. Thank you very much for listening. This is New Music Fridays for the week of Saturday, December 4th, and I'm out. <laughs>